I want to help more and more people come out and tell their stories. And let's discuss not only the statistics of people passing away from this disease, but also people that are surviving it. Yeah. Let's be fair because, you know, we often only hear the bad news. I want to hear the good news because I'm part of that good news. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com. And this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an incredible person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact wherever you are. My guest this week is Veronica Villanueva. Veronica discovered her why after being diagnosed with stage four cancer in 2016. Through her work as a wellness expert, Veronica aims to inspire others to embrace a holistic lifestyle built on a commitment to self-growth and good nutrition. Veronica is a trained Le Cordon Bleu chef and a health coach with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and she has a degree in international relations from UC Berkeley. Veronica is based in LA, and she is also the co-founder of Alive Well Thrive, a cannabis line aimed at creating the highest quality cannabis products around to help others live their fullest and healthiest lives yet. Now, full disclosure, I (laughs) say this a lot during the conversation. This is an area that I don't know much about. And so I am really passionate about just sharing conversations where we can just be curious and ask questions, even if it's a subject that maybe we don't know a lot about. So I just had a really great time just chatting with Veronica and asking her questions that maybe seemed stupid or (laughs) I don't know, but just honestly trying to learn and listen to understand. So I hope that you have this conversation with Veronica. She really does just have such a passionate heart for health and wellness. And her own story of battling cancer is incredibly inspirational. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. And without further ado, help me welcome Veronica Villanueva. Veronica, I'm so honored to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me here, Molly. I am so happy to be here. I'm so happy for you to be here. I'm gonna have you I'm gonna have you just dive right in and do what all my guests do. And that's give us the Veronica 101. So tell us who you are, what you do, how you got to where you are today. What's your story? Well, I'm very excited to say I am alive. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Despite despite five doctors telling me that I had less than six months to live in Mm. um, September 2016 when I was first diagnosed with a stage four incurable metastatic lung cancer. Mm. I went to the hospital um, at 4 a.m. in the morning. I had 1.6 liter of fluid in my right lung. Mm. They drained it and um, took a biopsy. But even without the results from the biopsy, they had already diagnosed me and um, gave me a prognosis of less than six months to live. Mm. That was when I was 49. Wasn't even going to make it to 50. Now I'm 53. Yes. (laughs) So um, after nine months, I received my first clean scan. Mm. And so I'm, I was really happy about that. And, um, and I did everything in naturally because uh, in Western medicine just did not have any options for me. Mm. They basically gave me a death sentence. I wasn't qualified to do chemo nor radiation because it had metastasized all over my upper body. Mm. I, had it, I had lymph nodes. I had it, you know, my chest, my abs, you know, my sides. 
So they couldn't give me anything else. Um, so I did my own research, got basically a PhD on the subject of cancer and was introduced to integrative medicine. And thank God, because it really transformed my life. Um, it taught me to you know, the mind-body connection and the stress that I was under that I'm sure, and I believe that created the disease in my body. So knowing that and taking responsibilities for what I did to my body and what I did to my mind, I was able to reverse the disease. And uh, by taking responsibility, like I said, and knowing, okay, it was my environment, it was the my mindset, it was my unhappiness and the stress that did this. So I'll reverse it by being happy. Mm. By cleaning my body, yeah. you know. I'm curious. Obviously, there's a lot I would I want to kind of get into with that and how this has become such a life mission for you. But I kind of want to go back a little bit before the cancer diagnosis. Sure. What did your life look like at that time? If you were looking into my life, you would say, wow, what a perfect life. Three beautiful children, very smart and, you know, two very good parents. My three children, one went to Stanford, the other one to NYU, and the other one is still in college and seemed like a really perfect life because, you know, kids are very well adjusted. They're very well traveled and very well educated. And that was Miss, you know, super mom, perfectionist, can do it all, you know, and um, I drove myself crazy mm. um, by trying to be this perfect mom, you know, where I, I don't think I portrayed my, um, what real life looked like to my kids. Yeah. I protected them a lot from reality. And I think it was the reality that I was very familiar with and I wanted to shelter them from that. And I did everything I could to create this bubble of like perfection. This is how your mom takes care of you from mm. A to Z. Everything's perfect, you know, and I showed them how, <laughs> I think how hard it is to be a mom, Yeah, you know, and it is a hard job, right? Yeah. But I think I definitely struggled with the idea of staying home as much as I loved. I fell in love with my first daughter. Oh, I fell in love with all my three children, but my first daughter, when she was born, fell in love with her. I couldn't leave her. I had, I had a choice to either work or stay home, but I couldn't leave her. I fell in love, like I said, and I probably would have been fired the first hour because I was that kind of a mom, you know, overfed her, over took care of her, you know, and because I was an anxious mom, yeah, you know, and I had actually, I had lost my, I had been pregnant before my first born. I had an ectopic pregnancy and that was really hard. And so I lost the baby. Mm, and so, so when I finally got, yeah, no. So when I finally got pregnant again, I really wanted to protect that yeah. pregnancy. I wanted that pregnancy to go through. And that's why when Mirabella was born, it was like I couldn't leave her, you know. And yeah. as much as I, I'm speaking to my friends who had just graduated from UC Berkeley doing these exciting things. And at four o'clock, I'm still in my PJ watching Oprah, nursing, <laughs> overfeeding my daughter and looking at myself like, what have I done? And um that was the beginning of me trying to accept me staying home as a mom, but yeah. really wanting more, wanting to be more stimulated, right? You know, I was raised to believe that when you have a child, you stay home and you're with that, you with your children. Yeah. And I wanted to give my children everything that I didn't get. Yeah. Um, and that equals spoiling them. Yeah. And um, everything was about them. It was not about me. I wasn't part of the equation. 
if there is one lesson that I have learned, if I were to, well, I can't do it again, <laughs> being a mom again, is, you know, you think you're doing the right thing by doing a lot for your children, but actually you're teaching them not to have resilience. You're doing things, you're, you're weakening them. You're not asking them to show up for themselves. And I think definitely I, I don't want to, yeah, I, I can say I'm guilty of that, but I thought at that time that that was the right thing to do because I didn't get that. I didn't get the attention. I didn't get the, let's make life easier for all of you guys, because yeah. all I ever wanted was for them to just study and do well in school and everything else was taken care of for them. Yeah. So if I did less of that, I would have had more time for myself. And so um, you were you were a busy mom. I mean, and I think, you know, how you were saying, you know, it wasn't about you. It was about your children. And I can say pretty confidently, I would say most moms like that instinct just kind of kicks in when you have your first kids and, and it just your everything becomes about your kids. And so often moms sacrifice, you know, so much of their well-being and their health and mental health, physical health, um, you know, for their kids. And, you know, we we forget to kind of, you know, to use the cliche, like kind of pour into our own cups, yes. um, you know, not that you shouldn't sacrifice for your kids, but not to the detriment of yourself. And so what kind of led up to the diagnosis of stage four lung cancer at age 49? Was there anything at that time that you were like, were there any red flags? Were you not feeling well? Like, what led to that diagnosis? First, what I wanted to say also in regards to, you know, raising your children. Oh, yeah. is I think part of part of what we all as women need to also learn is that when we raise our children, it is also part of our responsibility to teach them how to love themselves. Right? Yeah. And they can see that actually by example. Yeah. And I have to say, I don't think my children got that because, mm. you know, another lesson I learned is just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. Yep. Right. And um, miss, you know, mom, superpower here, superhuman being thought, well, I can, there's enough hours in the day, even if there isn't, I'll find a way that's exhausting. Yeah. You do that over two decades, that takes a toll mentally, physically, yeah. emotionally. So when really we should say we're enough, right? Whatever it is that we can give, that's enough. But fast forward, what happened was um, I was going through a divorce and my ex-husband and I had decided that we would get divorced, but we had agreed that it wouldn't happen until all three children started uh, college, hmm. left for college. So when my son left, in 2015 for college and knew that he was going to stay in college, we started the divorce process. And it was then that I realized that I had been fooled to believe that our divorce would be amicable when in fact he had pre-strategized the divorce. And I realized that I was in such, I mean, I was in trouble mm. <laughs> because I was not armed at all because I went in this blindly thinking and trusting him believing that we would have this incredible, amicable divorce that, in fact, I thought I would write about. That was the book that I was going to write is, you know, it doesn't mean that just because you want a divorce that you have to destroy everything that you've built and created. Well, guess what? He destroyed that because it became a very ugly divorce. And that was very hard for me. You know, that was complete betrayal. I was shocked. My system, I felt it. I felt my body, my entire system collapse. 
And I knew something bad was going to come out of that. I just felt it. You just know. And so I didn't take care of myself during that time. I didn't eat. I didn't sleep. Honestly, I just ate Tootsie Rolls and drank coffee Mm. because I was researching. Like I said, he had pre-strategized. So he had everything from text to documents and I had nothing. So I went on into this like mode of I can't afford to sleep because I have to do some research about my divorce and realized that he had hired the top attorney in the Bay Area Mm. and which limited my ability to find other attorneys because once lawyers start a conversation with with him, it's conflict of interest. They can't represent me. Yeah. That was what happened, Mm. the divorce. And then that was December of 2015. By February of 2016, I was starting to have back pain. And that's a sign of lung cancer. And then seven months later, diagnosed with cancer. I got sick in June. I had the fever. I had the flu, I think. I went on vacation to Mexico and I got sick. I never fully recovered from that. Mm. And I just got, became weaker and weaker. Mm. And then until the diagnosis. When you say back pain, was it like, was it like, like, did you just kind of feel like, oh, maybe I'm stiff and, you know, maybe I pulled a muscle or was it just you, you just kind of began to know something's wrong? Yes. Um, I didn't think anything of it because um, one thing I didn't mention is I used to compete playing tennis. And um, so it's not unusual for me to have these aches and pains. Yeah. So I thought I'd just tweak my back, you know, hitting a backhand or whatever. So you're right. I just thought, oh, well, you know, I'm used to having aches and pain. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. What was unusual was the fatigue because I'm one of these people with a lot of energy. Yeah. And I, I started needing to sit more and I was coughing a lot mm. and I was moving. And these people had moved me before and they're like, are you okay? Because I was sitting and they never see me sit. In fact, I was helping them in the um, first move. And, but this time, the second time around, I just, I was really weak. Yeah. And so you receive that diagnosis and you, you know, everything changed. It just changed, yeah. uh, you know, the trajectory of your life. And you weren't able to do traditional, you know, quote unquote, <laughs> traditional um, kind of therapies and chemo and radiation. So what what began to go through your mind and how did you even begin to begin this process of, you know, really kind of becoming this very holistic um, expert and creating this holistic lifestyle and even eventually leading you to start an entire company around this? Actually, two companies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like one isn't enough. Um, Two things. I never believed that I wouldn't be here. I just knew in my in my entire being that I'm going to live as awful as the news was, it really opened my mind to, and my eyes to the kind of life I was living. So for for the first time in my life, I felt like I mattered. Mm -hmm. I finally mattered and I finally need to prioritize myself. And that for the first time in my life, I'm giving myself permission to take care of myself and to think about myself. So that's self-love. Yeah. So 
loving myself for the first time, probably, and having a very empowered mindset, which I'm blessed to have. But I also believe it's because of my childhood that led me to having a very strong mindset because my father passed away when I was very young. Mm. He died of a plane crash. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things in my life that prepared me to this big thing, cancer. So having those two things, the mindset, a very expanded mindset, a growth mindset, the belief, the faith, and as well as realizing that what got me sick is not honoring myself, not loving myself. So realizing that I just learned to love myself. And to give myself all the care and love that I am so amazing at for other people. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I knew I would be so good at this because I've been doing it for two, three decades. Yeah. Not, but just not to myself. Right. So I live a life right now where I come first all the time. And that's not being narcissistic. That's not being, you know, egotistical. It's honoring myself. Mm. And that's how I know that. I'm rarely depleted. I'm always replenished. I'm always working from abundance. And now I understand the importance of that because I lived a life over a decade of emptiness, but yet I was giving the quality of what I was giving. I think my kids can speak to that, but that's one thing that I've learned is we can't give at least a quality of how we are, how we show up isn't there when we're so depleted. Mm. As much as it's important to say yes, it's also important to say no. I've learned to say no. And that's important because whenever you prioritize yourself, you are saying no to something or someone. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm no, I no longer feel bad nor guilty for saying no Mm -hmm. and for saying, I got to take care of myself. If you don't understand that, then don't tell me you care about me and you love me. Yeah. Right. Because then you're asking me to prioritize you over me. And that's not right. So I've learned that difference. Yeah. So did you begin to make changes in your nutrition? Were there, what did you begin to do in the research, you know, to really becoming, um, embracing the holistic lifestyle? Well, I've learned a few lessons that I applied in my entire life. You know, so when I talk about detox, so I detox my body because I realized that my body is dirty. You know, it's dirty, murky water that I need to alkalinize. I need to have the pH balance. So understanding that I needed to detox my body and clean it up and then reinstate it to balance, right? With good food, nutrient dense food. Well, I did exactly the same thing with my my life, my, the rest of my life, which is I detox my environment, my external environment. So that included people, people who wanted me to prioritize their belief and their, their, you know, their ideas before mine, for example. So I really cleaned out my life from inside out. Mm-hmm. And that is really important because that's when you start to heal, actually, is when you create this life of, you know, no drama, no toxic, no, no, nothing that's toxic in your life, both in the, what you eat, what you read, what you decide to, you know, have enter in your mind and who you decide to hang around with, Yeah, you know, so it's all related. Um, and I live that way now and it's so liberating. It is so, so much easier, so much simpler 
there's no, it's almost like I say, there's no fat, no bad fat in my life. You know, it's only good protein, good leafy vegetable, <laughs> great complex carbs. You know, that's how I see my life as well. I see it like a plate, you know, a very well-balanced, nutrient-dense meal. Well, my life is the same way. I laugh, I sleep, you know, all of the things that's really good for you. Yeah. And the people that support you. Yeah. And so what led you to start? And so tell us a little bit about your companies and how all of that got started through this process. So um, when I healed myself, obviously, there are a lot of doctors that just couldn't believe what happened. And, you know, people started hearing about what I had done and people wanted, you know, people, people were curious. And it's also, you know, people are inspired, they're hopeful. And that is the reason why I share my story is I really want to change the conversations around cancer, that cancer does not have to be a death sentence, right? You know, it can be a life sentence. It actually, you know, gives you a chance to recreate your life, yeah. you know, and redesign your life and create a life that is alive, that you feel alive, that you're not sleepwalking through life and that you do things that make you feel well. You know, that's your diet, that's exercising, that's getting sleep, you know, and that's surrounding yourself with the right people so that you can thrive. That's how I saw my healing stages. I chose to be alive. What does that mean? Okay, to be alive, I have to do all these things to be well again. And then once I'm well, I'm thriving. And that's the kind of life I want. And that's what my second company, that's why I called my second company Alive Well Thrive. That is the, so there's veronicavillanueva.com, which is my coaching um, where I coach and I help people become healthy and people with also with cancer. And then there's alivewellthrive.com that has the products behind me. I don't know if you can see that. It's, uh, it's medicinal um, cannabis for cancer people. Mm. It's all the products that I've created from my kitchen um, while I was sick to now that's available to, for everyone. And um, the reason why I created this product is, first of all, when people hear about me and then I start telling them what I did, giving them the details, they get very hopeful and excited until I tell them or until they ask me, where can I find these products? And then I'll say they're not available because I created them for my kitchen. Yeah. So then I thought, just like my book, I wrote a book that didn't exist when I was diagnosed. Well, I created products that did not exist and I created them for me and they worked. And, you know, when you heal yourself from something as big as cancer, then it becomes a responsibility to turn around and help other people heal yeah. themselves. And that's how I feel. And I would see this drop of energy and hope whenever I would tell people, I'm sorry, I created these for my kitchen. So it's like I almost felt bad sharing my story and that part where I would in fact, leave out because I didn't have the heart to like tell them I did something like this because I created my own suppositories, for example. And why suppositories? Because I learned in, when I lived in Europe and when I had kids, I use suppositories all the time to give them medications because it bypasses the stomach. Mm -hmm. So by creating suppositories, cannabis um, RSO eliminate, bypasses the stomach so you're not as high. So you can actually function. And because you need to consume a lot of cannabis, especially, you know, in the very early of your um, diagnosis, it's hard to do that when you're ingesting it orally. 
because you'll be completely stoned. I, that happened to me the first week. I couldn't even lift my head to eat. My, my girlfriends were like lifting my head so that they can feed me. So, but as soon as I created my own suppositories, I was able to function. They, I mean, I drove, I had my own catering company. I mean, through this whole healing process, I was working. I was a chef. That was a game changer for me. And um, so now with my products, we have 16 SKUs. And like I said, there's different healing stages, Alive While Thrive. You know, with each healing stage are products that help you and support your, your goal, which is to be alive. And obviously, they're much stronger. They're more potent because in the beginning of your treatment, of your um, diagnosis, you need to get rid of and try to eradicate the tumors, right? So you need very strong dosing. And suppositories is one way that you can get a lot of this cannabis into your body without being completely stoned. So in complete uh, transparency... I know nothing about this stuff. <laughs> so, um, uh, I literally nothing. Um, what is the like, what are the medical benefits of it and why cannabis? Because, again, you're talking to somebody who knows zero about right. the, the medical benefits. And obviously, there's a lot of controversy around the topic of cannabis. And, you know, should it be illegal? Should it not? I, I am going on record as not the expert, (laughs) know nothing. So, um, so I mean, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So kind of explain to me a little bit, like why cannabis, what is the, what are the medical benefits and why is there such a kind of, you know, why is there stigma or controversy around it? Again, talking to somebody who knows zero. Yes. Okay. So this medicinal plant, I mean, I'm not going to, um, say anything negative about the use of it recreationally because it really paved the way to medicinal cannabis, right? Without it being recreational, the medicinal part probably wouldn't have been exposed quite rapidly the way it is now, right? So thank God for that. Now, I just want to make it also very clear that Alive Well Thrive is medicinal. It's not recreational. So that means we have no flowers. We don't vape. Everything is, it's either tinctures so that's oral ingestion. It's um, topical. So we have bombs and oils. And we have also, it's included in my, we have CBD also infused in our olive oil. We have a panty line because I'm a chef. So I use. Yeah, a, a Le Cordon Bleu chef, by the way, <laughs> I should say. Like, not just like, not just any old chef, like a very fancy chef. So <laughs> Yes, um, Cordon Bleu chef. Um, so I use cannabis and C, uh, you know, CBD in my food as well. So what are the benefits of it? And without going to in, um, you know, simplifying it, basically it helps for cancer. You know, there are research that support that it helps eradicate tumors. It shrinks it and it also eradicates it, right? Mm. Especially at high dose. And then it also prevents the, um, from metastasizing, spreading, mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, let's say if someone was taking chemo or radiation, it helps with nausea. It helps with um, loss of appetite. So if you, you know, one thing that happens when you're diagnosed with cancer is um, the loss of your muscle. Cancer is eating your muscle. Like for me, within 48 hours of my diagnosis, I had dropped to 89 pounds mm. from 110. I was skin and bones. I had no muscles. And remember, I said I was an athlete. I I was pretty 
defined and mm-hmm. all of a sudden I had skin and bones. So, um, so it helps with pain and a lot of people with cancer, it's painful. Yeah. It helps with inflammation, you know, for people without cancer, um, we all have inflammation in our body and it's inflammation is precursor to a lot of illnesses that we're experiencing these days or a lot of, you know, it's, it's, we have so much inf- inflammation in our body and also in our life, we live inflammatory lives, right? That that is a precursor to a lot of illnesses, even mysterious illnesses that we're experiencing these days. Yeah, And it helps with, you know, with sleep, you know, like we have a product, a CBN, that helps with sleep. Yeah. And a lot of people with cancer have anxiety issues. So it also helps with that. So, I mean, and you don't have to have cancer to have anxiety. I mean, look, people with COVID, I mean, during COVID, and just in general, you know, I mean, people are having a hard time sleeping. Most of my clients, cancer-free, can't sleep, you know. Um, it is an epidemic. We no longer, we no longer sleep. There's a whole movement now of people saying, oh, we take it back. Sleep is good for you. Sleep <laughs> is necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Remember the time when we were talking and bragging and like, oh, I only need four hours of sleep. Now it's reverse. A lot of us are not getting enough sleep. And, yeah. You know, and people with cancer don't sleep. Yeah. They really struggle with that because between the anxiety, the pain, they just don't feel good. I'm going to take a quick break from my conversation with Veronica to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. Guys, it is time for a spring clean refresh. So let's get that home sparkling the safe way with Mama Suds. Castile soap is the superhero of soaps. I am a big fan of Castile soap. It really does all the things from the windows to the walls, and it is truly the only soap that you need. So what can you do with Mama Suds Castile Soap? You can clean the floors, scrub the windows, bathtubs, tile, baseboards, oh yeah, blinds, (laughs) all the things, counters. You can even use it to clean the carpets. So here's what you gotta do. You gotta grab a gallon of your Mama Suds Castile Soap and start tackling all that spring cleaning to-dos at mamasuds.com. And you can use the coupon code MOLLY for 15% off your order. That's MOLLY for 15% off your order at mamasuds.com. Now back to my conversation with Veronica. Now I'm curious, you know, what are, because again, don't know anything. Um, I know that a lot of states have a lot of kind of very strict regulations around this. You know, how do you kind of navigate that with medicinal cannabis? You know, are your products like can people use them in any state that they live in or how does that work? Well, I mean, obviously we're in California, so it's completely legal here. Yeah. And we can't send it. Um, CBD, you can purchase online. Yeah. Through my AliveWealthThrive.com website. Cannabis, you actually have to go to a retail outlet like a okay. dispensary to get it. Um, we can't send it to you. We can't sell it online. Okay. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Things are changing. You know, compliance, I mean, regulations are changing every day when it comes to cannabis. And more and more states are legalizing cannabis. So I wouldn't be surprised. We're almost there. I think that, you know, Eventually in the future, it's not going to matter much because I, I really do believe that it's going to be legalized across the state. But right now we're in Nebraska. We are in Colorado. We are in California. And I think we are in 
maybe in another, maybe Jersey even, but we're expanding. And like I said, the medicinal part of using cannabis is growing. And we are the only one, I believe, that carry the suppository, which is, like I said, a game changer. And we are the first medicinal company that is, you know, owned and founded by a cancer warrior. Yeah. You are yeah. a cancer warrior. <laughs> uh, yeah. You yeah. Are. So I'm so proud of these products, not only because of to see them. I mean, even I'm looking behind me and I'm seeing my products because that's my virtual background. <laughs> I just um, it's such an honor to be able to do this for other people. It really is because it really helped me. A lot. As much as I did not want to take them, but I understood the importance of taking anything because, again, there goes the whole decision. I wanted to live. Yeah. When you want to live, you don't say no to something that could possibly heal you. Yep. And this is where the expansive mindset plays a major role because, you know, it is scary to be taking something that you're not used to, that you don't know much about. Yeah. But then again, you've already been giving a death sentence. In my opinion, there was only one way and that's to go up. Yeah. <laughs> I was already at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I was already in the ditch. You're like, so what do I'm I have like, to lose? <laughs> exactly. There's nothing to lose here. I'm just going up. I know it. Yeah. And I believed it. And I, that's the thing is, you know, these products that I've created, some of them, have inserts in them where I have mantras or prayers, depending on if you're religious. Like when you open it, you know, there's healing mantras that says you can do this. You're not alone. Because I really believe in the whole process of when you pick up my products, you start healing. Yeah. Because we're behind you and we offer free consultation. We are, you know, we want you to be part of our community. We want you to be part of our story because Together is how we can change the conversation around cancer. And it's not by just my story. I know there are a lot more people out there like myself, and I want to help more and more people come out and tell their stories. And let's discuss not only the statistics of people passing away from this disease, but also people that are surviving it. Yeah. Let's be fair because, you know, we often only hear the bad news. I want to hear the good news because I'm part of that good news. Right. And I, and many people are. So let's, and because I, I really believe that cancer has become modern everyday disease because of the kind of life lives we live. Like I said, we live very, you know, inflammatory lives. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy that in a way that I was given this opportunity to figure this out because the life lessons I was, I got from experiencing this disease and also the new life that I have, it's, it's like I cracked a secret to like how to be happy in life. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel the freedom, you know, it's liberating. Yeah. And I think we create these prisons on our own and I feel like I've just come out of that. You know, I I mean, I am a person of faith um, and my faith is is really important to me. And I am a firm believer that God brings us through situations that sometimes like we're kind of we're given this choice. I mean, God gave us the gift of free will. And um, I don't you know, I've had this conversation before of just 
you know, why does God bring suffering and why is there suffering and, you know, why are there, there are hard times? Why is there cancer? And we could, you know, <laughs> wax poetic about all of those things. But at the end of the day, I believe that a lot of times God brings us through those really difficult situations in order to connect with and inspire other people who are going through something similar and to create a community because we were not created to do life alone. And so to, you know, to hear you just share your story of something that was really scary and, and going through a divorce and the pain that that brought, you know, that, that that created for you and then, you know, getting a really scary diagnosis and then just the healing and the process that you went through and now being able to take that and inspire others. Um, I'm a firm believer that, uh, that God uses that for good. And so I know that you are inspiring other people and um, will continue to do so. And I'm just really grateful for the, um, for you being so vulnerable and sharing your story. Yes. No, I am. Um, I also, my faith has been, I mean, a huge, played a huge role in this, mm-hmm. you know, besides the mindset, besides the self-love, then there's the faith because, you know, you asked me what happened right after I was given a diagnosis. I really, you know, I remember telling these doctors, look out there, that blue sky, I belong out there. Mm. I'm a good person. There is something that I need to do before I go. Yeah. And my purpose, my second purpose in life has been defined now by, by this experience. And I always believe that when I was given this diagnosis, I didn't at all believe that I did something bad to warrant this. Mm. Yeah, that's an important thing. I don't believe in karma. In fact, because of this, I don't believe in karma because that's why I called, I named my book, The Grace of Cancer, because Mm. grace, it's just given to you. Right. It's not given to you because you deserve it. It's just given to you. It's just a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. And it's your responsibility to figure out why it's a gift and what are those gifts. So to me, it was a privilege. (laughs) And this is going to, and Again, like people say, I don't, I've never seen cancer and grace in one sentence or in, on this, in the same line, <laughs> because how do you put grace with cancer? Right. Well, I'm going to say for me to say that cancer was the best thing that's happened to me, that was going to be my, actually my, my, my title, but it was too long, but it is, <laughs> but it, it is because it's given me the life I always wanted a clean life of simpler life, a clarity that I, I never had before yeah, and the freedom that I never had before. So that's the grace. And I think that I remember praying to God and saying, what a privilege it is that you believe in me so much that you gave me this disease, knowing that you're going to give me the strength to fight this. Mm-hmm. But also knowing that once I've healed myself with your help and guidance, yeah. that I have the heart, the good heart to turn around and help other people. Yeah. That is the biggest compliment anyone can give me. Mm. And I have to process it that way because, and I choose to process it that way because I know who I am and I know that I never did anything that would warrant this as a punishment. So I have to, I have to have received it as a gift. Mm. And to know that someone up there really believes in me, (laughs) that I'm going to like, 
do this and make it my purpose to help other people. Yeah. And I'm listening. So I'm doing it. Yeah. And it feels right. And you know why I know I'm, it was meant for me? Because none of this, including the book, including the name of the book, it's not me. I'm not even taking credit for it. Even the products I've created, it's not me. I'm just a vessel. I'm just being used. And I'm okay for that. Because some of the things that has happened to me, I couldn't even, I couldn't make it up. It's too good to be true. Yeah. But only I know my truth. Mm-hmm. And I don't need anyone to buy into it as long as I'm bought into it. Yeah. And that's powerful. When you live a life like that, where you don't need validation from people, you need validation from someone up there and he gives it to you. That's an amazing feeling. And it's very liberating, like I said, to live a life where you're not asking for validation from anyone. Mm-hmm. As long as you know you feel good in your skin and you're doing right by other people, by, your, by you, I'm good. I sleep well at night. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me 53 years to figure this out. <laughs> and you know what? It's better than not having figured it out, right? Yes. Right, right. Uh, well, Veronica, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, but before we go, I've got a couple of fun, just lighthearted get to know you questions. Okay. Um, so are you ready for the get to know you round? Oh, yeah. Okay. Bring it on. <laughs> awesome. Now, knowing that you are a Le Cordon Bleu chef, which is, you know, pretty awesome. Um, if you had to cook, I guess this is kind of a two part question. If you could cook the same meal for dinner every night for the rest of your life, what would it be? And if the question was, if you had to eat the same meal, do you have a favorite meal you like to cook or do you have a favorite meal you like to eat or are they the same? Different. I'm a soup girl. You like to eat soup or make soup? Both. (laughs) (laughs) Both. That's my go-to. That's my comfort food, soup. What's your favorite kind? Two flavors. Well, two different ones. Carrot ginger soup. Mm. I also like orange. So I love the fact that you're wearing orange. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also lentil soup. Oh, yes. Yes. So, so a bowl of soup at night for me, I'm a happy camper. That's, <laughs> that's home to me. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Okay. What now you said earlier that you were a, a tennis player. What is something I would never guess about you? That I'm a homey kind of girl. People look at me and think I'm such an extrovert and that I'd like to be out all the time. No, I like being home. That's me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People always say, oh, wow, you're probably the kind that likes to go out. I do, but you know what? Put me at home, Yep. you know, with the fire on yes. and warm. And I'm just in my kitchen, in my element. Yep. I'm happy with music, with yes. music. Oh, yes. Got to have music on. <laughs> we right. just got- Put and- on my, my thick socks and just yes. like- I'm literally wearing slippers right now while I (laughs) (laughs) wearing my fuzzy slippers. I, yeah, we just got a, we just came into the, you know, 21st century and we got an Amazon Alexa in our kitchen. There you go. And it is like life changing to be able to just stand there and cook and then like tell Alexa to play me a different song. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So cooking and music for me, I'm so happy and to be home. And that's why during COVID, it wasn't much of a punishment to stay home because I look forward to being home, you know, but I mean, I do miss my friends, all of my friends, but you know, I see some of them 
But yeah, staying home for me. Love that. Okay. What song, you love music. What song do you have to sing along with when you hear it? <laughs> J-Lo's I'm Into You. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That is an excellent choice. Yeah. I want to look like J-Lo when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. I know that I will never look like J-Lo when I grow up for many reasons. <laughs> but my goodness, she looks amazing for her she age. She does. She really does. So and, amazing. You know, that's because she's happy and she exercises and she eats well, I think. Yeah. And her, I mean, when she and Shakira performed at the halftime oh, show yes. last year, I was like, how yes. do they look that good? Yes. I have so yes. many questions. Um, yes. Fantastic. Okay. Um, and then my last question is the question I ask all my guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? Intentional, deliberate, purposeful, mm. heartful, heart-driven, and you're in your zone of genius. That's what it means mm. for me. That's how I run my businesses. It's, and, and I'm blessed I have such an amazing team, <laughs> amazing team that really we are a family and we are so intentional and we're very conscious. Our relationship is so, you know, in a way pure, yeah, you know, and heart centered. And we care about each other. We care about our well-being. We embody everything that we say. We try every day to embody and to be what we say. And I think that's really important. Yes. It's not by doing, it's by being. So good. So good. Veronica, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are just such a joy. So thank you oh, so much. Thanks so much, Molly. And have a great, great week and take great care of yourself and your family. I would love to know what you loved about this episode or if there was something that you learned. If you do, let me know on social media. You can find me at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. And don't forget to use the hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast. Another thank you to our partner of the show, Mama Suds. Don't forget to use that code Molly for 15% off and shop at mamasuds.com. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to visit the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are quite literally changing the world with their businesses. And if you're a regular listener, thank you for tuning in week in and week out. And thank you for your support. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, or basically wherever you listen to podcasts and click that subscribe or follow button to make sure you never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to leave a review? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. This show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. <laughs>